It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part two of our in-depth look at the 2021 Jets rookie class. We're taking a look at the film as part of Exynel Quick Hits, a lightning round, if you will, with our friend Joe Blewett, who hosts Blewett's Blitz over at JetsXFactor.com. Joe, yesterday we talked about a lot of the defensive backs that are going to be part of the Jets 2021 rookie class. Now let's pivot to Jonathan Marshall, who they picked in the sixth round, the defensive lineman from Arkansas. This is an interesting case, Joe. Because he has actual production, had six sacks at Arkansas, was a team captain, and his measurables are off the charts. So on the surface, you would think this is a guy that would get picked a lot sooner than he did. The Jets grabbed him in the sixth round. It seems like his tape is a little inconsistent, and that's probably why he didn't get drafted higher. Talk to me about what you saw in film from Marshall that you liked and didn't like, and where you see him fitting in on the deepest group on this team because the defensive line is one area where you really wouldn't worry with the Jets. So he's going to have to battle to get into the rotation. He's going to have to battle to make the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this team is, is, is stacked at defensive line. It's, it's crazy. Um, that kind of plays to his benefit because he's a guy who shows up with um, some lack of effort at times, but I don't think he's a nose tackle. I don't think he's a one tech. You don't really want him taking on a ton of combo blocks from from interior alignment like he's not he's not great in terms of like anchoring down and holding up versus that but if you're going to play him like I said in my show you know five to ten reps at three tech and you're going to ask him to penetrate that big gap as hard as they possibly can five times a game he is uber explosive um I'm just going to read a like a little paragraph from the article I put up with him plugging myself but uh Marshall posted a 9.99 RAS relative athletic score um out of a possible 10 which is the second highest score of uh, 1,309 defensive tackles since 1987. The bulk of that RAS score came from his 1.7 10-yard split, uh, 2.7 20-yard split, 4.88 uh, 40-yard dash. Again, he's about 300 pounds, which is ridiculous. 32-inch vertical jump, 114-inch broad jump, and 36 bench reps. <laughs> uh, all in, uh, all absurdly impressive numbers, all in the 80th plus percentile, with most being closer to the 90th percentile. Like, that's – like, when I talk about Eccles – and say, okay, take a shot on an athlete. They're taking a shot on a absurd athlete. Like that's exactly what they're doing. So yeah, you know, you might hate that they, they drafted a D tackle. Like, it was a joke. Oh, as long as they don't draft a D tackle, but okay. You know, let's say, let's say Rankins is gone, you know, in a, in a year or two and, you know, more, and the Shepard's gone and some of these guys are gone and you want a guy who's going to be a role player to come in and just explode through the D gap. This is your guy. So like, yeah, he has to develop. Um, but in terms of like the, the strands, like a lot of them were kind of mentioned with that, with that RAS score, like burst, his quickness, 
Um, I said awareness to ice pick in my, in my strengths. He gets his hands up for pass deflections, uh, power. I, I think he's good at bull rushing in terms of like seeing the open chest, taking the open chest. Uh, he creates good pushback when he, when he drives his legs, loose hips, explosiveness, lateral agility. Um, again, the bull rushes rips are, are pretty good, but he needs to diversify his skill set. uh, get skinny through gaps. Like there's definite, there's definite positives for him. And it's mostly just the athleticism. Um, now, in terms of weaknesses, it's a lot of technical stuff, the awareness of blocking schemes, the uh, the anchor that he has, which comes from a lot of him not knowing how to anchor. Um, there's some lack of power there, uh, you know, as well um, in terms of his anchor. He doesn't have like the biggest base, but it's a lot because of his hand usage and kind of knowing how to turn guys like, you know, if you're going to. I talk about it a lot in, in a different show, but like, you know, if you're going to get comboed, like you either have to dent the post as I call it, which I, I'll show it. I, I show it in my show. Or if you're at least going to take on again, air quotes, the high leg, which is the first guy of that combo block. You at least have to turn into him. You have to dip your shoulder away from, from the second man in the combo, grab him tight, uh, do that quarter turn with your, with your, uh, with your thumbs and kind of grab that guy and tighten your elbows to use him almost as a post to hold up versus the combo. Like he didn't do that. He was too long on, on some of those plays. So he has to learn how to anchor um, versus combos. Snap time is inconsistent. His balance is, is, is inconsistent. He lets guys control his chest. He doesn't have good counter moves, overall technique, you know, shouldn't two gap. He, he's not a great stacker, uh, lacks counters. The biggest problem I had with him uh, other than some other stuff ducks his head off then again you know knocked off path easily plays high a lot of the technical stuff um the the biggest problem with him is the effort um and it wasn't and it wasn't just his effort at like the end of games okay he's gassed you know he's playing zero tech he shouldn't play zero tech there was times where he was off the field for a driver two would come in and not play hard and that's that's a big knock on anybody and kind of surprising like you know team captain you'd expect him to play hard in every play but he did not plays in the goal line um, where he's not trying to find the running back, like just does his assignment, just kind of pitter pattering his feet, like, like some Wilkerson type 2015 stuff or 2016, uh, which is, which is really something I'm hoping that Sal and his staff who are all, you know, all gas, no break type guys can change that. Um, and hopefully, and hopefully as a role player, you see that limited because I'm telling you right now, if he comes in for one rep in the preseason and he's not playing with full effort, uh, have fun on the practice squad <laughs> because this is not the coaching staff to do that for. Um, so that's a good wrap up. Um, again, with a lot of the, the positives being the, uh, the athleticism, a lot of the negatives being the technique and the other biggest one is the effort, which is concerning to me. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Hamilcar Rashid Jr. was somebody that a year ago was thought to be one of the top pass rushers in all of college football. He had a monster season, tackles for loss and sacks. And then this past year, he didn't really show up much in the statistics. If you look at the box score, you didn't see a whole lot from Hamilcar Rashid Jr. Now, obviously, we know this was a weird season. The schedule was strange, and he was being used a little bit differently. But when you looked at his tape, both the current tape from this past year and from years prior to get a better idea of what he was doing in totality, what did you see here? Did you see a guy that could potentially be an actually impactful pass rusher in the NFL? Or did you see the guy that the box scores revealed this past year where he didn't seem to show up much at all? What do you think? Positives, negatives, and could he be a fit in this scheme with Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich? Yeah, uh, yeah. in terms of fit, I think he's he's a guy who's like only going to play five and outside, like maybe um, as like that wide nine type rusher, like he, he could do that because he's pretty explosive in a straight line, um, in terms of like movement skills and stuff. I don't, I don't think he's great in that, in that region, but, um, 
I watched a good amount of t- uh, 2019. I, I watched Stanford, UCLA, Utah, Washington, Arizona State, and then 2020. The only games I could watch um, that were on film that I, you know, the, from the person I get film from was Washington State and Oregon. And the Oregon game was so damn foggy, you couldn't even tell who was who. So it was brutal to watch. Um, but from my, from what I watched in 2020, the major difference that I saw between that film and 2019 film, one. He didn't look um, overly healthy to me. He didn't look as explosive to me, um, which is obviously something you need to win with at any level. And then the only other thing I I noticed, and I saw him doing a lot more of in 2020, was him contain rushing, which, you know, starting from like a a four, four eye tech, um, angling off outside and kind of just holding ground. Um, So I don't know if that's something he did all year that led to less stats or, or not, but I would say the injury and contain and contain rushing where 2019, it seemed like he was let loose a little bit more. So I know he's kind of, he's kind of like hinted towards like injuries and like how he was used. And, and that's what stood out to me. I didn't see a lot of contain rushing in, in 2019. Um, now in terms of like the, the actual like strengths and stuff like that, um, pass rush moves, chops, arm overs, rips, uh, ghost moves, like swinging rips and things like that. I thought were positive. Um, I saw him win inside and outside, not in terms of like inside as like a three tech. I'm talking about like inside, like beating the the, the tackle inside. Um, so he noticed his sets and things like that. Uh, I think he has the ability to play in some shallow zones and, and, and some like man coverage. Now you don't want him on, you know, Mike Gusecki or Kyle Pitts, but in terms of like playing like, you know, a blocking tight end, like a Lee Smith from the bills, like he, he has some flexibility uh, to do that or like drop into like a wall coverage thing. Um, those are all, you know, uh, things he can do in coverage, which isn't a lot, but it's something uh, flexible upper body. I think he plays with a good motor, uh, motor, uh, good hand strength. He's a hitter. I, I definitely like the the thump that he brings to tackles, um, burst in a straight line, snap timing. There are some times where he's off the ball before every single person um, on the the defensive front and the offensive front minus the center because the center knows he's going to snap it. Gets his hands up for pass deflections, good pursuit angles, uh, finds a running back well on the second level. Snap time. I already said snap timing. Um, and then the one thing in terms of like winning inside and outside, he has a tendency to shorten his stride before he gets to the offensive lineman. And he kind of reads, okay, is the offensive lineman, you know, opening to the outside? Is he opening to the inside? Where, where is it? Where is his post? Where is his kick foot? Um, how is he shooting? And he'll kind of time that swat the hands when inside or outside. So um, I like some of that about him. Um, now in terms of the weaknesses, tight hips, uh, inconsistent hand usage and run game to me struggles to shed. He's not the most powerful guy at 240 pounds to set the edge, change the direction, bend, uh, shorter arms, um, which which I, actually I think his arms might be decent length, but he has a short tackle radius, which isn't necessarily always because of shorter arms. It's usually because of lack of change of direction. Um, and you saw some guys evading him uh, at, the, at the collegiate level. So if they can do it at the collegiate level, they're going to do it at the NFL level. And just because he's not the most explosive guy laterally and things like that to adjust to, to quick change of angles. Um Strength in the lower body isn't there. Uh, there are times where in his pass rush plan, he kind of just ducks his head, doesn't really have a true plan. And then obviously you note the the injuries and the unproductive 2020 in the, in the strength or in the weaknesses as well. Last but certainly not least, Kenny Yaboa, the tight end from Ole Miss. He had been at Temple first and then transferred. A lot of upside with him. I was surprised that he didn't get picked late in the draft. We know that the Jets are kind of thin at tight end. I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to wind up the starter, but there's a reason why he picked the Jets, and that's because there is opportunity here. So maybe he gets a chance to play. We'll see what he does in training camp. What do you think of his tape, both positively and negatively? And how do you see him fitting with LaFleur? Because this is actually the only offensive player that you reviewed 
in this stretch of players because the Jets didn't do a whole lot of drafting offensive players or signing undrafted offensive players because they took care of so much of that in the first four rounds of the draft. Yeah, and uh, generally I like a lot of what they did in the in the first uh, four rounds, especially after watching some of these guys. Um, but yeah, this is... I- this is like the hardest projection. I, w- I would say Dunn's probably my favorite. I would say Rashid is probably my second favorite. Yaboa has like his upside, but in terms of like his translatable film, it just wasn't there for me. Like you, and, and I watch a good amount of games, Florida, Kentucky, Auburn, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Mississippi state, which is not, they're not YouTube highlights. That's, that was all actual, like all 22 film. Um, the long speed is good. The yak ability is good. I think he's a willing blocker, not the best blocker. Um, where he'll like, like he's willing to, like he'll lower his helmet into a block and that's great. Um, he's nimble. His balance is good. Acceleration, deceleration is good. Um, you know, he flashes hand usage in his routes. He drives his feet as a blocker. Like these are all things I, I have written down. I think his versatility is good in terms of him playing, you know, he could play a big slot. He could play H back. He could play Y. He could play fullback. He could sift. He, he, he was an inserter, um, on like, on like ISO runs and things like that at Ole Miss, um, but a lot of a lot of his like yards and production was yak, which is like, and I'm talking about like like not open, not not like okay, a tight end screen or you know bubble screen or whatever it may be. Um, it was more like blown defenses and him just running for 50 yards because nobody picked him up. Um, type yak, and then a lot of his routes were like open open routes into zone coverage, and a lot of it was like okay, a stick or curl, a hitch him catching without ever like, really having to break down and, and hold his line and use stair steps, like all the technical stuff I typically go over with tight ends or, or receivers or BAM steps or whatever it may be. Um, it was a lot of just working into space. So it wasn't like a great projection in terms of what he can actually do in the pass game. Uh, weaknesses, route running, doesn't attack the ball, which you don't love, like a, like a bigger guy, like, you know, 6'4", 240 is a huge for tight end, but for a tight end, you want to see him attack the ball. He's a, he's a body catcher, uh, easy drops, um, to me, you know, specifically a couple of times he, he went over the middle and when he knew he was about to take a shot, he, he, uh, he T-Rex armor alligator armed some, some balls over the middle, which is not good. Uh, obviously being a tight end, you're going to work over the middle a lot. So if you're not willing to take a shot from a linebacker or safety, that's not, a, that's not good. Um, needs work on pass blocking, uh, narrow base when he's dry blocking, which you want to have a wider base. You want to air quotes, climb that tree, work off your end steps. Um, can get locked up versus man coverage or some bad man coverage. I saw versus him when he got locked up, like not really using his hands. Um, and then I said, uh, he was schemed open more than, than air quotes got open. That's what I put down. So yeah, like good body type, good speed, good yak, good balance. But in terms of the actual technical aspects of playing the game, like, yeah, effort's great as a blocker, but you also need the technical side and route running. Like, yeah, you know, he's fast, but in terms of like, you know, his stems and how he attacks guys and all that stuff, like all that's largely unknown because of the offense that he was in and what he was asked to do. Like it wasn't a lot. So um, he's a massive like projection, um, really super, super, super raw player, um, even more than the other guys. So I'm not like overly confident he's, he even makes the team. Um, I, I think because of the Jets tight end position, like you kind of preface this comment, like me going off on this, I'm not going off, but just speaking about this is he chose the Jets because of the tight end position. Like, now, in terms of like, okay, I, you know, I, I think that Croft is the best tight end on the roster, which isn't saying a ton, but he is. Um, I think Herndon probably makes it. 
And then you have a guy in um, in Wesco who's like a fullback tight end hybrid. Like I think those three guys make it. So I think it's a battle between Yaboa and saving was like one point million dollars on on Ryan Griffin. Like that's the fourth spot between these two guys. So can he make it? And would I take him over Griffin? Yes, just because of the just because of his upside, like physically, like again with the speed and stuff like that. Um, but again, it's a huge projection with a really raw guy who is going to need a lot of time to me to to um, you know, to cook, to, to be anything productive minus than maybe on like a screen pass or something like that. Joe, when we talk about all these players that we discussed, all the guys that were picked at the end of the draft and then some of these undrafted free agents, where do you fall on the impact that some of these guys can have? Any of these guys that you think could come in and right away start or be a major mm-hmm. contributor? And as far as long-term, how do you see that? Any guys here, Isaiah Dunn perhaps, that you see as a potential player that could be here for a while and actually make an impact over a long period of time? Yeah, it depends on like obviously how willing the Jets are to use them to their specific roles. Um, like a guy like 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 I said with Pinnock, like is super raw in terms of like finding the ball, playing the ball vertically. But you know, do you count an impact of 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 him playing? You know, let's say ten to twenty snaps a game, um, and maybe even more than that as like a, a cover two guy, a cloud guy, a press guy. Like, do they run more cover? You know, cover one and kind of shade some uh, the, the safety to his side. Like, are they willing to do that? So. Um, that's like obviously a question for all these guys. Like how much are they actually willing to use them initially? But um, I see Carter too playing pretty early. I, I think he's pretty technically refined and pretty smart player. Um, now he does have pretty good competition with, with Guidry because Guidry played well in his what two, three games that he played starting um, when Brian Poole went down. So he has good competition, but I see Carter too playing early. Rashid, I, I can't see playing early. Uh, because of all the talent on on the defensive front, like if you're going to take out a Vinny Curry for Rashid, like obviously that's that's a mistake to me. Yaboa, don't see it early because again he's super super raw. Uh, Pinnock, again I can see him playing Cloud. Eccles, I think is a guy who's going to need to some time to cook. Um, Jonathan Marshall, again in terms of impact, I, I think he plays five to ten snaps a game. Line him up in the B gap you know, outside shade of the, of the uh, guard and just attack that B gap as hard as you can, you know, create penetration. So I don't see him making a massive impact maybe until he cooks a little bit more too. So the only guys off the top of my head who I can see, you know, playing a good amount of reps and done, sorry, done too. I, I think done is a guy I'm more confident in like, okay, let's say we had to start one guy right now and, and like just limit the damage Every single snap of the game, I have more faith in Dunn over Eccles and Pinnock. But again, Pinnock has a, has a high ceiling. So I think Dunn is, a, is an early um, role player, if not starter. Like if you had to tell me right now, like by the end of 2021 season, who is more consistent and, and playing better, which again is not a, a huge um, thumbs up to either guy. But uh, for lack of a better term or word, I can't find it right now. Uh, like Dunn or bless Austin. Like I'm taking Dunn. So he might start <laughs> because of how like he's pretty, he's a pretty safe player in my opinion. So I, I can see Dunn getting a good amount of playing time. Uh, I think Carter gets a good amount of playing time. I could see Pinnock getting some time if they, if they are willing to kind of adjust to when he comes into the game. Um, and then other than that, I don't really see a ton unless I'm missing somebody. Oh, in terms of late round guys, obviously Hamsa, I think will eventually be the, is starting will and I think Sherwood will see some time um, as a linebacker too, like a good amount of playing time just because of the lack of, of depth at that position. But and maybe because you know Hamsa is getting over an injury, I think he's a little bit more 
uh, raw in terms of like his technical and like awareness part of the game. So maybe Sherwood plays more early, but I could see, and he's like a little bit more like, like air quotes NFL ready than Hamza is. But I see Hamza taking that over because like we discussed, the guy's a freak. And, and I, I think he has a mindset that, uh, you know, especially a guy like Ulbrich is, is looking for, you know, that aggressive mindset where I think Sherwood is going to just limited. So uh, the two linebackers are going to see him play in those corners I, I mentioned, but the other guys are all going to need time to, to cook. And you might see them, you know, five to 10 snaps a game um, at the most, obviously anything can happen and any of these guys can, can bust out. Um, but that's kind of how I see it for now. I agree with you on Hamza. And that's why we did an entire show on him. I'm very, very bullish on him. And I think that he can eventually work his way into the starting lineup. Like you just said, but it's going to be interesting to see Robert Sala took a shot on a lot of guys late in the draft and in undrafted free agency that he thinks are versatile and can help him out. And now we're going to see how much these guys can contribute in year number one. I'm very curious to hear early reports from training camp as we get ready for the regular season. It's crazy, Joe. Training camp is coming up. The regular season is coming up. We are not that far away from either. Time flies when you're selling fries, as they say, or in this case, when you're doing film reviews and podcasts. Joe Blewett, who does Blewett's Blitz over at JetsXFactor.com, coming on to help us break down the film here on XNO Quick Hits. Thanks so much for coming on, Joe. Really appreciate it. For those who want to check out your film reviews, as you said, almost all of them are done. You're going to be kicking back and relaxing for a lot of the summer. So what are they going to find over at Jets X Factor? Obviously, like you said, like every single player they drafted, the, the, all the UDFAs we just talked about with, with Dunn, Rashid, um, and Yuboa are all done um, probably by the time you listen to this. And, they, or, and if not, they're not done. They will be coming out soon. And then every single bigger free agent, Lawson, Davis, Davis, Rankins, Cole, Joyner, Curry, Coleman, Feeney, Croft, Blair, Neesman, all have reviews. <laughs> so uh, that's what the channel offers. Jorby31 on Twitter. Obviously, JetsX, you can check me out. YouTube channel, just type in blue it and something's going to come up. So uh, any film review you want, I have it in, in spades to this point. Make sure that you check out Joe's work on Twitter at JoeRB31 and his film reviews on YouTube via JetsXFactor.com. As you know, Joe does fantastic film reviews and video breakdowns. They're long, but they're thorough. And if you really want to get to know these players, then that's the place that you want to go. We've got some great ones up, too, on our YouTube channel. They're shorter. They're a little more concise. I like to say that what Luke Grant does on our channel is more like the Reader's Digest version. It's the Cliff Notes edition, whereas what Joe does is the unabridged version of a book. So... Both are good, both are useful, and you should check out both. We've got a lot of other good things on our YouTube channel too, including Kayla Pace's Commentaries, Pace's Playbook, and up at playlikeajet.com, we've got some fantastic articles, including one by Charmin Phillip where he wrote about his impressions and his takeaways from Flight 2021, the new Jets series. That's two hours, it's four episodes, and it takes you a little bit behind the scenes of the Jets offseason in 2021. So make sure you're checking out both of those and give us a five-star review on the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that yet already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.